I thought this was a Cape Fear sort of movie <laughs> where I thought Michael Caine was the killer. And I was like, okay, so he's the titular character. And and you have like, or not the titular character, but like the the kind of like he's the, the island. <laughs> he Michael is Caine, the island. The island, exactly. No. Is- Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, and we finally watched The Island. More specifically, the 1980 The Island with Michael Caine, not to be confused with the Michael Bay one, which is what uh, our guest today, Patrick, and I were just talking about. He was making sure that that we watched the correct one. Yeah, right, it'd be a very weird conversation if we watched two different versions of this. Yes, exactly. I think we actually had like a April Fool's episode about that for us last year with kicking and screaming between the Will That's Ferrell right. one and the Noah Baumbach one. Which oh uh, right, yeah. Which is yeah, which is the same same. But as I mentioned, uh, Patrick is our special guest this episode from Vintage Video Podcast. How's it going, Patrick? It's going good. So, uh, not that, you know, uh, podcasts and podcast hosts are hard to come by in today's age, but uh, you have a podcast, like I mentioned, Vintage Video Podcast. Can you tell us what a little bit of what that's about? Yeah. Um, so on the Vintage Video Podcast, we are rewatching and reviewing every wide release of the 1980s in chronological order. We're... Um, coming up on about 315 episodes now Um, we finished all of 1980 which this film fell into and uh, we're going to be closing up 1981 in november of this year Um, but it's been uh, it's been a journey and we we re-legislate all the uh the oscar ceremonies as we go so we'll be tackling the the 1981 oscar awards um, redeciding what should have taken the statues because we'll have seen everything so you said 351 episodes? 315 or 16, I think, oh, right 315, now. 16. Yeah. Okay, we just, so we just passed 300 recently. So that's how many movies are in the year 1980 and 1981? Uh, there's more than that in 1981 even. Yeah, we, we've, uh, we covered 168 titles in 1980, and uh, it's about 30 more for 1981, so... It's it, yeah, and and I've already started scheduling 1982. It's going to take us like five years to get through. It's a mess. <laughs> so how do you how do, is it literally every movie yeah. from that year? Oh, okay. Every, everything that hit hit theaters and got a wide release. Nice. So it's it's a lot of stuff. So what's the definition of a wide release, though? Uh, anything that it was eligible for an Oscar. So if it screened in one oh, okay. theater in Los Angeles and one theater in New York, then it counts as a wide release. That is a Herculean effort that you guys are undertaking. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been rough lately. We're in kind of a dearth of stuff, but 1982 is it, it's got a lot of cool stuff in it. So I'm excited to get into that year. Well, well so you were you were telling us earlier that you did the island for the for the podcast for yours. Had right. you seen it before then? Was no. this like 
it was it was a find for the podcast and we were so excited about it that we just wanted to tell everybody about it because i feel like this movie gets no recognition from anybody and we were like the world needs to know about the island now when you say the world needs to know about the island do you mean it in it like a good way or like in a hey everyone i mean it in the best way okay (laughs) okay okay so I, I, you know, for me watching it, I was like, OK, because I didn't know what to expect with with this film. Right. So yeah. I was just kind of going in completely blind. I knew Michael Caine was in it. And the poster was like this cool, like arm with a tattoo knife coming out of the ocean. And I was like, OK, is this a horror movie? Is this an adventure movie? What is this? And so as it started to unfold with like the first opening scene, it kind of struck me as like a more horror movie right um and then it did kind of a genre switch from there into this mystery um what's interesting about that is that when i was talking to david about it when i finished watching it i go hey have you have you finished it he's like i'm i'm 30 minutes in and i go oh oh." (laughs) (laughs) because as as we all know now it's about like 30, 40 minutes into the movie where it does like another genre switch. Right. And I have to say like the first 40 minutes of this movie is my favorite part of the movie because I think it's, it's setting up this really cool mystery, kind of like this Michael Caine, father and son going to solve crimes in South Florida sort of thing. And then it just goes off the rail. Yeah. (laughs) I've th- we've referred to it, uh, describing it to people as hook on bath salts because it has so much of a resemblance to the movie hook because <laughs> it's just, it's the exact same beat for beat story, but everything goes way crazier and the kid gets into way more insane hijinks than, <laughs> than the kid in hook. <laughs> it's like, instead of the lost boys, it's like the lost crackheads. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. They're all insane. You know, it's- you know, it's funny about that. So I was reading that um, they went to Spielberg to direct this. That, yeah, um, because it's a Peter Benchley story. So, And so he decided to do 1941 instead, which I think is like considered by it's like bottom tier for like a lot of people for him. Yeah, even by him, probably. And then he then is like, oh, I missed out. So he does Hook. And it like Hook is a Spielberg version of this. He, he would is. not. Yeah, he would not. He would not be able to do the movie the way this was done. Like the oh. opening with like people getting sliced and us seeing it. Later on in the movie, you see a guy with the wire around his neck and we see the wire moving through his neck. Like, you know, yeah. what I mean? like so yeah, he could not have done it that way. Um, there's also a, a funny story uh, like with Alon who <laughs> you're going to tell him- you're gonna bring this up now. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get it out of the way. Do you want to tell them like, do you want to tell them your Michael Caine story and then what I found out afterwards? Sure, sure. So (laughs) after watching this, I was curious to be like, you know, we sometimes tag people in our episode uh, posts that have been in the in the film. And I was like, maybe I can find Michael Caine on Twitter and ask him what he like. Maybe I can get a response from him. Right. So. I find him and I was like, obviously this is like some sort of social media person who's in charge of Michael Caine's account, but I'm going to ask anyways. So I, uh, there's no way for me to message him. Uh, So I just made a post. I tagged him in it and I was like, sir, Michael Caine, Uh, very formal. (laughs) I was like, what are your thoughts on the Island? I'm watching it. I'm going to review it. And I would be interested in a few tidbits of, of detail if you're willing to give some. Of course, I get nothing. 
that's fine. But then David finds something interesting the day after. So my extensive research for this podcast, a little behind the curtain, is I read the IMDb facts. And then if there's not a lot, I'll, I'll read more. I'll go like, I'll do some research. But the second thing on here, to this day, Sir Michael Caine yep. refuses to discuss this movie. <laughs> Yeah, he's not he's not a fan of this one. He considers this one of his paycheck movies, along with uh, Jaws Four, the other Benchley adaptation he was a part of. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is. Yeah. So I'll just tell you me my my watch of it. I I actually enjoyed it a lot. There's obviously like some really like bad acting. There is some like questionable decisions made by Michael Caine as to like just general like. You know, bringing your son to a place where two thousand people in the last three years have been disappeared, um, but it's like it's just so fucking odd and like just really enjoyable, like the different parts. And like one of my favorite things is like as they go to attack this boat, you just get like the music would fit perfectly in like Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. It's like, oh, are these the good guys now? Are we rooting for these pirates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's Ennio Morricone doing the score. Yes. And it's so like uplifting and like adventurous. <laughs> and you're like, wait, like whose side am I on here? But it's obvious, like from the beginning of the movie, you're on the pirate side. You want them to win because they set up Michael Caine as kind of a jerk. And you're like, yeah, I wouldn't care if they killed this guy and his kid, like whatever. <laughs> I want to see these pirates wreck stuff. Oh man, the the fucks I gave about that kid was zero through the right? whole film. I was like, he could literally die, and I think Michael Caine's character would be better off. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think he was too upset when he, you know, opened up the big gun at the end that he was like looking out for the kid to avoid him. I think he was just like, I'm gonna clear this deck, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like, I was like, what are you like? Are you do you not care about your kid anymore? Like maybe he didn't. Maybe he's like, oh, he's lost. He's <laughs> He's I think he thought been, it was a lost cause. It's been about two weeks of brainwashing. He's done. Yep. I thought a just and you know whatever we'll talk about the ending now. I thought a really cool ending would have just been the kid at the end was like, yeah, I was fucking playing along, like, and you were doing a shit job. Michael Caine is like, I'm <laughs> trying to keep us alive here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he played a little too along though. Like he could have missed that guy in the crow's nest. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, well, no, I agree. At that point, it was probably beyond return. But I, um, I thought like in the end when he like came back to his father, I was like, that was quick. Like, yeah. I guess, I guess maybe the idea of actually killing him, like he was playing for most of the movie, but when he's like, his new father is like kill him, that that was like where right. he's like, oh no, I, I can't actually do this. Yeah, it seems like that's when he breaks because David Warner puts the gun in his hand and then he can't do it. Yeah. I, I was also like, I guess we can start from the beginning. So we see all these guys in the beginning and they're they're boating and they're yucking it up. And I was like, where the fuck is Michael Caine? Like, I'm waiting for him to like show up on this boat. And then they all they all get killed. And I was like, oh, those are like, th like Alon said, it's kind of like this is a horror movie, right? Like those right. those were all it was like every horror movie starts with like kills to like establish like the universe we're in. And it's all these people we don't really care about and we won't see again. And then we start with our story. I was like, oh, this is just a straight up horror movie, which it does not continue to, to be. To be honest, just because, you know, the little I knew going into the film, I thought this was a Cape Fear sort of movie <laughs> where I thought Michael Caine was the killer. And I was like, OK, so he's the titular character. And and you have like or not the titular character, but like the 
the kind of like he's the, the island. <laughs> he he is the island. The island, exactly. No, is he, the he is the arm that comes up of the. I I thought it was going to be like a De Niro sort of thing where it's like, oh, we're we're, you know, he's the villain. And so obviously, when you find out he's just this reporter guy in New York, you're like, oh, okay, this is this is now the story we we have. Um, for that but i was like now how interesting would it be if michael kane did like a de niro cape fear character right well he is kind of like being a covert assassin for the third act <laughs> like he's like <laughs> planning how he's going to kill these people this is michael kane's james bond movie without it being a james basically bond movie. yeah i mean for most of the third act he's just swimming in like very slowly <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen fulci's zombie no. no. Oh, okay. I I feel like that this bears a lot of resemblance to that too because it, it starts similarly. It's like a reporter following up on a story of all these deaths in this island group, and and he goes to investigate. But in in does, that case, it's zombies. Does he bring his twelve year old son? <laughs> no, he brings a girl along. Oh, and and they get in similar trouble. But I, she doesn't get tricked, brainwashed into working with the zombies. <laughs> You, so. you know, though, I mean, here's the thing. I, I you know, I understand a movie has limited runtime and you got to get through a story quick. But I don't think I've ever seen a person get brainwashed so fucking fast. Yeah. Well, the pirates where he's like the one pirate who's brainwashing was like two days. He's like two more days and I'll get him. I was like, oh, wow, really? Yeah. Dr. Brazil knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Was that Dr. Brazil? I was trying to, you know, because the movie's so old, it's four years old. So looking at their pictures now, it's like, you know, they're they're talking in broken half yeah. English. So it was like confusing to follow like who was who when they use names. I was like, yeah, Doctor Brazil is the one with all the cornrows that and and no front teeth. Okay, that's why. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they uh they speak Latin but no prepositions. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've just been teaching themselves new languages for the last three hundred years. So um. After we cut to Michael Caine and he's like, oh, I'm just going to fly to Florida, which is also like such a funny thing, like newspaper movies where it's just like, oh, I'm just going to fly to here for this story. Like the amount of money they would use, like when yeah. newspapers were king, um, but just takes his son, son along and then is like, uh, you know, lies to him about Disney World and then immediately just takes him to a gun store. Right. Because he's trying to win points against mom because he's in a divorced dad situation where he's just like. All right, I'm gonna promise him Disneyland to get him a gun. Then he's gonna be on my side, and and I'll be the good dad. <laughs> Which yeah. is insane because the mom kind of just like drops him off and then leaves. And at the entire time, my my wife got so annoyed with me because one, she didn't really want to be watching the movie, and two, <laughs> and two, I kept saying like every time that kid got like the the shit kicked out of him or drugged or you know whatever i was like or no every time the kid like like did some shitty thing to michael kane i was like dude you should have just taken him to disneyland like that would have been like the the solve all on on all this you know and that kid knew he wasn't going to go to disneyland from the beginning he's like dad's gonna screw this up are you going to double cross me is this a (laughs) double cross I liked that Michael Caine was like, I just do my own voice. Like, I'm not going to try accents for this. Like, right. Yeah, I live in America with this kid who's got an American accent, but like, fuck it. I'm just going to be me. Yeah. And and it's in the story that he's British because no, no, yeah. like his yeah, editor's like complaining to. that he's British. He's just like, oh, you British people. This is how you write stories. Anyway, go write your dumb story. 
when I was um I finished up the movie like last night and a little bit today, and then when I was like started to I was just looking at the IMDb and then I saw Westcott and I was like, holy shit, there's a whole scene where they crash a plane into an island. Yeah. And a cop bribes them and then like they're running guns and the pilot's gonna tell on them. I was like, I completely forgot about that part. And when that part happened, I was like, is this the island? Like I was, you know, it's like or are we going to another island? Like I was like, it didn't make because it when when they're flying, the runway looks like in such a desolate spot. It's right. like just just a flat area of dirt. And then they kind of leave from there and there's civilization. I was like, why don't you guys build an actual airport? Right. It, yeah. The movie, it feels like it's just trying to out crazy itself with each scene where it yeah. just gets weirder and weirder until the end and you're like oh my god what if this happened and then it starts to happen and you're like what why did i just make this happen did i just will this scene into being it's I, like what well, what if the the landing gear doesn't go down and someone in the writing room's like why and they're like just what if the landing gear doesn't go down like, oh, i'm pretty sure the landing gear didn't go down because the pilot was an idiot and he just forgot to put it down and he was too low on the too low on the horizon to, to can start. we talk about that makeup where it's like half yeah. of his face is like gone and then and then in another scene they got lazy because the because like when they're in the plane the the makeup for the ear is yeah. really good it looks burned and then everything in the jail it's just like they put some gray dust on the side of his face yeah when he's in the cockpit it, it almost looks like those scars that you get when you get struck by lightning yeah you get like yeah. these zigzaggy lines in your skin but uh that character is so fun because he's just like he puts a uh, cap on the kid's head and he's like oh you got to sit up front and look like a co-pilot because i'm legally required to have one i tried to put it on the pig once and it bit me <laughs> and he said that line with such like a shit-eating grin too that i was like is that a joke or are we supposed <laughs> i'm to sure it's not <laughs> No, you know this guy definitely tried that. What's insane is like the detail in some of these scenes are just like like uh, when he was explaining that he has to trank the pig or else it'll be like, oh, my God, it just occurred to me. That pig is dead. Right. Oh yeah, it got barbecued on the plane. <laughs> I don't know why that just occurred to me now, but <laughs> that pig is gone. Um, <laughs> but what I was mentioning is like you don't see the pig getting tranked and then like falling unconscious. But in the shot of Michael Caine, you hear the pig hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, they bothered doing that. But then, like, there's so many other details in this movie that that goes unnoticed. One thing I wanted to mention is I I went to film school. Uh, you always want to mention that. Many years ago. <laughs> Thanks, David. Um, and my school, out of all of its faults, it was really good of having, like, special guests of the industry come in and like teach us or like talk to us and i know when we were doing um moon with uh doom generation i was talking about like sam rockwell actually came to my school right. and yeah. we watched moon together which was a cool experience someone from this movie came to my school and <laughs> And we watched a movie together. Does any of you would like to take the chance of figuring out who that was? David uh, Warner? No, no. No. Hold on. Angela Punch McGregor? No. I'm going to say Frank Middlemass. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. It was the costume designer of this film, Anne Roth. <laughs> That sucks. That was boo. That yeah. That that guessing game sucked. But what's so crazy is that she's done films like um, uh, she, um the 
Amy Adams cooking with um, oh Jules and Julia. Julia, Julia, Julia and Julia, and and um, her her IMDb is very impressive. But the fact that I mean, so is Michael Caine's, right? But the fact yeah, that and Neil Marcone, like, there's so many huge names in these credits. Well, I I started looking up the director because it was like, who is this guy, right? Like, and Richie's well, got one, great stuff too. No, yeah, because so Digstown is like a little known movie that's like one of my favorites. Yeah, and then yeah, he's he did Fletch, Fletch Lives. Um, we don't have to talk about Fletch Lives. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's at least big, right? Right. Uh, and the Scout, but like you know, not like the guy. The guy is at least capable. <laughs> but what's interesting is that before this film, he did primarily like gritty action stuff. And then after this, he did almost straight comedy for the rest of his career. So this is really the turning point. Like yeah, I yeah. think halfway through this movie, he changed as a director. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so weird because like, like we keep saying that like, oh, you know, 10 minutes into the movie, a genre switched 40 minutes into the movie, it's genre switched. And, you know, we make fun of who who is capable in this film. But I actually think like just take Anne Roth, for example. I actually think the costumes are kind of cool. Like you said, it was it's oh, kind of it. like it's kind of hook for crackheads, but she does her own thing with it, you know? Yeah, I just and they're also Michael kind Kate. of a cargo cult type situation where they're just like finding this shit and making making outfits out of it. Yeah, like the main pirate who like who like becomes the father of the kid. He has these like this blazer that's very like paisley and floral with these shoulder pads in it. Right. right? But it's like it's cut off here and then a different fabric continues down the right. arm. Yeah. And I was like, All yeah, it's cool. Yeah, patchwork, but I, I like it, you know. I just imagine Michael Caine brought his own shit and he's like, I don't wear, I'm not wearing other stuff. Right. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. Or because he, this is a paycheck movie, he's like, I'm keeping all the clothes. Either one, it was one or the other. Um, I want to talk about this and I wrote it down like as soon as it happened because like the writing on this is like what really is like, it's like the worst part to me in some of the spots. I love it. No, I lo- I like enjoy it. it. This is like one of those perfectly enjoyable, like kind of bad movies, right? Like it's, I enjoyed it the whole time. I will probably rewatch this at some point, but <laughs> they go to the doctor's house and the, <laughs> and the kid is like, dad, his house looks like Leth- Lex Luthor's lair. And I was like, why are you, do- why would you do that? I'm like, wh- why would the movie do that? Like, it's so obvious now, like who this guy is. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, David. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. This is excellent foreshadowing. Okay. This is foreshadowing to its there's foresh- There's foreshadowing. And then there's just telling us like, Hey, this, this is like, cause later on you're trying to have this, you're, tr- you're trying to have nice. You're trying to have this moment where he sees the doctor and he thinks he's going to escape. And it's like no one in the movie theater thinks, he's going to escape right there. Like no right, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also it's, it's kind of like this. D- doesn't he explain who Lex Luthor is? He's like Lex Luthor is Superman's arch nemesis. Like as far as like an explanation goes, like for, for those who go to see the movie, wouldn't know that. And it's like, they have to like elaborate, like, Oh, he's a villain. Just, <laughs> just, just, to, just to let you know, you know. <laughs> that was the writer's room they're like who what if they don't know who he is and like everyone knows who he is and michael kane's like i don't know who that is <laughs> gonna add it in. uh yeah but i mean that that dude's lair lex luther lair is actually very well described because it's it's underground kind of and it's it's like i love the like can we talk about the hotel <laughs> that they stay at right in plates 
my god it's i love how it just doesn't show anything it's just like hey is there a hotel we can go he's like up the road and then this next thing you know it's like dark and they're going into a room and it doesn't show them like checking in or anything so what it looks like it just looks like they just fucking broke into this hotel right (laughs) and then they leave right like they come out and they're like oh there's a bow and he's like try to rent the mako What a posh kid, right? A little shit. But he's like, try to rent the Mako. And he's like, I'm like, from who? Because we haven't seen, apart from the pilot who is like handcuffed indefinitely in that place and the crooked cop, we haven't seen a soul. And I was like, and he he assures, right? Michael Caine says something like, oh, yeah, we checked into the hotel and the hotel says we could rent the boat from you or something like that. And I was like, Oh, so there are people here. We're we just not never, seeing any of them. We're just not seeing them. Because they didn't them. pay anybody to play these people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it's weird because it says the budget's like estimated at $22 million. So I guess like 15, a- of that is, 15 of that is Michael Caine. I don't think anybody was getting paid that much back then. Right. No, yeah, I understand. I just, it, just the, the <laughs> it budget has to, of- It has to go to production design. And like, I, I hate to Yeah, sound- I, I think a lot of it goes to clothing these pirates. That stuff looks amazing. I, I love that, that schooner ship. that they go in and attack with all the coke. Yeah. Um, that ship is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, the locations and lodging for enough people to make a movie is an insane cost if you're going to shoot I, something out there. I, I like that they, in order to make it okay that they just kill these men and women, that they're like, oh, they're coke dealers. They're coke runners. Like, okay, it's right. fine. Like, those deaths are cool. We're, we're all right with that. <laughs> I don't think the movie's concerned with us thinking the pirates are, are good or bad people. It's like, no, we know from the beginning that they're pretty awful. <laughs> What what is one of the most confusing points of the movie, at least for me, and maybe you two can can help explain this to me, is that um, the doctor goes into this long explanation on how, like, hey, I came up with the idea that they should take in new blood because they have inbred themselves so many times that all the children just like die at birth. And right. And it's a big, you know, fucking mess. And so, you know, taking you and your son in and then you breed with the woman <laughs> And and there's like there's like this whole like basically rape thing going on that is very subtly mentioned through the like through the whole thing. But what's confusing to me is like they have these six guys or not all guys, but there's a there's a woman or two there. Um, And they even say they're like, oh, she has childbearing hips. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. Right. Kills her almost immediately. Right. And then the rest of them. And I was like, okay, so do they only care about Michael Caine and his baby? Or like, because I don't know. Everything seemed like just. Well, no, she tried to run. She like tried to jump off the ship and they shot her. Yeah, but then they moved down the whole line just pronouncing everyone guilty and shooting them in the head immediately. Well, weren't those all guys, though? Some yeah, of them but, Michael, but Michael Caine was a guy, too. And then they had this whole like elongated trial when he was captured and they found him well, suitable. There is this whole like I don't know if you can call it a MacGuffin, but basically the the book that's their laws is just their way of like plot devising things, right? Where they're like, oh no, we can't kill, we can't take his eyes out because there's this rule I found in this big book, right? And she's like, like, well, we could kill him, yeah, but then we won't have kids and you'll be a whore. And so and the could- reason that they kept Michael Caine alive is because Michael Caine managed in the attack to kill that woman's husband before they took him. So they basically replaced her husband with Michael Caine because they were like, 
these people were supposed to breed, but he's dead now, so now you're going to have babies with her. Patrick, are you to tell me that the Karate Kid didn't kill a few of those guys? The Karate Kid, you know, performed admirably on the deck. He does he does some pretty amazing kung fu moves. I don't think he killed anybody. You know what's so funny? It's like watching this scene and you're like, what the hell is going on? And then my wife is so funny because she's watching this <laughs> haphazardly. She's watching this whole thing and she's like, what the hell is going on? And we get to this? the... We get to the point where it's revealed that there's cocaine and all of a sudden dead silence. She hasn't said anything for practically the whole movie. She just goes, that explains the karate guy. Yeah, and I was exactly. like, what do you mean? And I no, was like, that makes sense. Oh, shit. He he was <laughs> doing a few lines. Like crazy. Yeah. 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 Well, it also explains the explains the assault rifle. <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, they all go down. I. So I kept wanting, I was like, I want these pirates mowed down. And like, as you said earlier, when you were like, you know, you sort of like talked stuff into being in this movie, like, yeah, we first deal with the the drug runners and he brings out the, the a like the gun and I'm like, oh, he's going to kill some of them. And he sticks his head up and then just gets like almost decapitated right. with like a sliding door. And then they go, <clears throat> they go to the, sh- the Coast Guard ship. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is where the pirates are going to die. There's no way they're going to get on this ship, let alone kill everybody on board. And then they're like, we took massive losses and they named three guys. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty massive, though, for their for their crew. What's as high as they can count. Yeah, exactly. Um, Uh, Yeah, but I mean, it's just kind of insane. I mean, what what did happen to that guy with the assault rifle? He. No, they they slid the door into his neck. I'm pretty sure he just died. Yeah, they just cracked his neck and killed him. Yeah. And they garroted everybody else on the whole ship who they didn't set on fire. I like the the one dude who's just high, like high as a kite, like in his room. And he sees him. He's like, oh, man. Yeah. Am am, am I insane in thinking that they set up this whole flare gun thing? Just a never pay off sort of thing? No, that's how that's how uh, he wins the day. Blair Maynard wins the day at the end. Oh, because he shoot. Oh, wow. That's yeah. That's yeah. right. That's but it's right. It's like a di- it's like a different flare gun, right? Like, right. But so I think it's, it's just a setup, like that. He's planning already to use this against them. Well, originally when they planned it, set it up though, I was like, oh, he's gonna alert people, and I thought yeah. he was gonna find the flare gun again and alert the Coast Guard, but instead he blows everything up, which is like one of my favorite scenes. I, I, <laughs> We should talk about his uh, his wife and his several escape attempts, which yeah. I, like that whole it's probably the weirdest part of the movie where like, I don't know, she has sex with him. There's some nudity, which Spielberg wouldn't have allowed in his version. Right. Um, and then he tries to escape and he has this raft. But, oh, let's surprise, surprise. There's just jellyfish surrounding this island. Right. And so you can't get out of there. And then in order to. She like lies and says, oh, no, I let him go. Just he was just walking around and he didn't know. And they like half believe her and half don't. So they don't kill him, but they like sting her with a jellyfish. That they just right. pick up barehanded and drag all over her naked body to like yeah. basically just zap her with the toxins and everything. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. escape. That's escape. Number one doesn't doesn't go great. And then escape right. two is what the doctor because she keeps just leaving him on his own <laughs> she's like can i can i trust you this time yeah 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 yeah. no problem i won't i won't i won't act up she's also never mad when he tries to escape she's just like yeah i would have done the same thing i she probably tried to escape after they kidnapped her well it's kind of crazy like her character is actually the most interesting character in the whole film is, is she has this like stockholm syndrome sort of thing but also 
great sympathy towards him. Yeah. And what they, they to seem her? to care about each other at the end. What happens to her? She's she, just she, on the island. Oh, she's, she's just chilling? So yeah, she's... She'll get her. She's she kills the doctor. She yeah. kills the doctor, and then she runs away, and we never see her again. Yeah, Does the last the last image we see is him looking back at the island, and she's, like, on the shore. Oh, but that, it's unclear that's right. if he's going to go back. Oh, is that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? I must have cut it off as the helicopter's talking and the like the. No, 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 no. That happens before like, David. Before it that. happens. So, so remember when Michael Caine is swimming to the Coast Guard ship? Yeah, yeah. So before he jumps in the water and starts swimming to the Coast Guard ship, all the pirates are looking for him. Yeah. During that scene where all the pirates are like above him, he looks on the other side of the of the island and she's standing there, and that's the last time we see her. Okay, so she's good then. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's not she's, dead at, at Coast Guard hands. And she's pregnant. There were other women, though. I guess they're just chilling, too. But they're like, they can't have babies. They're barren. But, like, they're just fine. Yeah. I So I I want to talk about the, the other escape attempts, too. But can we just talk about how, first of all, it is. I, it must be so easy to brainwash a child. I've never tried it. But, you know, it, I it's mean. It's actually really easy. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're talking like it's from experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but the the thing is is that with the little girl, I think it's one of the creepiest things in the movie. It's even yeah. creepier than the beginning where she's just smiling in in like the biggest smile and she's floating and as soon as we see her, I don't know if you had the same reaction guys, but like you see them and you're like that eh, doesn't look like a trap. And then you see her fucking face and you're like, oh shit, it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> it takes Michael Caine way too long to accept that it's a trap. Cause it's like, she jumps out of the water. She grabs his son. She pulls him overboard as she's drowning him. And he's just like, cut it out guys. Hey, come on, come on, get back on the boat, please. I guess he thinks she's, <laughs> like, she's, she's killing just your like freaking out. She's freaking out. Cause she's just like scared. I don't know is what he's, he's like, I don't know. His, but his she ex- does look like the marketing campaign for that smile movie, <laughs> just like oh, yeah. staring dead on into the camera. Well, and then he shoots this guy four times, but the guy falls into him and right. causes his head to hit against the boat, which requires multiple days of like being taken care of by this woman, I guess. I guess, yeah. Falling unconscious is about as easy as brainwashing a child. I wasn't expecting movie. the kid to be alive when he came to because he was like pretty thoroughly drowned when he got knocked unconscious. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. She 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 didn't seem like she was good at like nuanced directions. So it was like drown the kid a little bit, but we want to save him because he right, might be yeah. the leader of our tribe. I don't know. I guess they got lucky on that part. Yeah, but that's the what? girl that they kidnapped from her family earlier. Right. Yeah, we too. see we see her, which is also like a you know you don't you don't really show kids getting killed right in movies like right. that's like a, a taboo that most don't cross. So. Um, but then you see her again in the same kind of red herring situation with the Coast Guards and she's sitting there and it's it's like a horror movie again, right? It's like she just turns <laughs> and she's smiling and then you know, like we all know and they all come out and start right. killing the Coast Guards. Wait, did she die in that last Coast Guard battle? No, she doesn't no. go to the island with or d- she doesn't go to the boat with them. Oh, okay. But, so the, the, but a kid does die because the, the kid that yeah, yeah. basically his son replaced gets killed. Well, fuck that kid. Yeah, yeah. fuck Manuel. (laughs) No one likes Manuel. Manuel can die. His greatest crime was just wanting his father to love him. Yeah, his new father. No, his greatest crime is tricking Michael Caine by putting holes in the boat and then covering it with molasses. Was that that what he was trying to do? I thought he was... 
I mean, I know that's what he was. He was trying. To, he was trying to get Michael Caine and his son to leave together and then drown so that yeah. he could be number one son again. I guess that makes sense because if they actually just left, then the whole thing would be. It's funny that they were like. I guess because the doctor explains this to him, but if, if Michael Caine had just left on a working boat, then they would have gone back and then told everybody. And then, right. Although that would have been interesting. Michael Caine makes it and he's like, yeah, they, they have my son on this Island. It's these pirates that you did it. And people are like, okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the conversation in the helicopters at the end where he's just like, yeah, it looks like a bunch of pirates on, on the ship. Um, and they're uh, all dead on the deck. Did you say pilots or pirates? Did you say pilots? No, yeah. <laughs> like old timey pirates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's not even like my, in, in his position, my first thought would be like, you mean like Somali pirates or something like that? But he's like, Oh, you mean like old timey pirates? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes, actually. For yeah. some reason, that is what I'm talking about. The fucking pirates of the Caribbean are just spewed <laughs> all over this ship. It's, and I know we kind of worked backwards from like talking about their latest escape uh, attempt with the with the molasses boat. But, David, you wanted to talk about like the the one in the middle where he kind of like approaches the doctor. Well, yeah, I did want to say I forgot to mention the lock that they find for him. And it's like a programmable lock. And they show us the yeah. packaging like five times to let us know, like, oh, they don't know how to work this. So it's just going to be zero, zero, zero. So he'll be able to figure out how to unlock this. Yeah. Um, but the next one is with the doctor showing up and he like, he's like, goes up to him. He's like, doctor, doctor. And then we just get this look into the camera. He's like, I thought you were going to kill him. And he turned around and like, these, these pirates are always there. They're like <laughs> always so quick. The attempt to escape with him putting like the yellow thing up in the, up in the tent rafters, I guess you could call them. What is that? Was that a, like, um, I don't know what that was. Are you talking about the flare gun that he has the first time that the doctor notices and takes away from him? Was that a flare gun? It's the it's the thing. No, the you... the yellow thing was it blew up and he was going to use it to float. Oh, right, right. Yeah, the first. inflatable thing. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, an inflatable thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what he was hiding because I guess he's not a great swimmer. I um, he swam my... from the island to the coast guard ship pretty well. <laughs> it took him fucking forever. You you swim from from that distance. I need to know what the distance is, but yeah, I can try. Um, <laughs> the next thing I want to talk about is the conversation between the doctor and Michael Caine. And one of my favorite lines is the doctor's like, "You're lucky, we're you know we're the only men to see this." And he's like, "Yeah, a bunch of assholes playing Long John Fucking Silver." And I just imagine <laughs> that was Michael Caine's like actual thoughts during yeah. the movie of just like, "Fuck this." Yeah, that's how he would describe working on the set too. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, what was the other thing? I forget. Well, after that, you have the wedding scene. Right, right. Yes. And, and what's kind of crazy is that you have these prisoners or you have this one prisoner who you, who's tried to escape multiple times, but you all get like blackout drunk and you're not expecting one way or the other. And, and it's just like, when did the girl, the woman and Manuel kind of cohort together to like, okay, we're going to, we're going to help him escape this time. Yeah. I think Manuel just wanted to do it because he was tricking them. I don't think he, he ever actually planned on helping them. No, but I think the, the, cause the woman was his like, wife, hey, you Beth. Mean? Yeah. His wife. Yeah. yeah. Does, does she have a name? Yeah. Beth is the character's name. Oh, Beth. Wow. Okay. It's Beth. Such a, 
uh, normal name. Uh, so yeah, Beth is like, oh, it's bath time. And he's like this late. So she's obviously setting him up to be somewhere to escape. I just was like, oh, I guess Beth and Manuel kind of plan this, even though Manuel has his, you know, ulterior motive to it. Yeah. I, that's how I took it. So it's well, like, I mean, Manuel, they show right before that, where the, the father, the John, John David now played by David Warner is like, you know, oh, this is my new son. Like this is he, you know, he's perfect or whatever. And then if the camera points to Manuel, who's like, fuck this. You know, yeah. And he's also like, like, get the hell out of here. Like he doesn't know but, the other son now, but it could have been taken both ways, which I think is what the movie wanted us to think was, was, okay, he's helping him escape. And he's like, take your son too, because I want the attention for myself. Not necessarily, hey, this is a trap. Right, right, right. It, it just so happens to be both. Right. Both reasons. Is, yeah, is the that, way that he, he wants it. his place back and he hates them so much for taking his place in the first place that he wants them to drown. Yeah, that kind well, of hate, what, that kind of hate gets you shot in the head. Okay, well, That's yeah. why I didn't think Manuel was like, I don't know, maybe he was smart enough to think about like, oh, if they actually escape. That's why I thought like, Maybe they just like had shitty boats. You know what I mean? Like, that they, well, I like, think the fact that to... it was molasses specifically is that it, it like he didn't he didn't patch it with clay or something. He patched it with yeah. something that he knew would dissolve, dissolve. because he yeah. wanted them to right. die. I just love Michael Caine's reaction. Fucking Manuel as he like jumps back <laughs> into the water. Um. So then we talked about the the cocaine boat with the with the the Karate Kid and. The flare gun scene where he like is trying to hide the flare gun and then the doctor sees it and he's like, oh, I'm going to take it. And Michael Caine's acting is so like so bad, but like so dejected. Yeah, he feels really lazy a lot of the time. I just like the direct the direction on that had to be like, really show us how mad you are that that flare gun's gone. Like you're very hurt right now. Right. But like when when he's holding the gourd that his son shoots out of his hands. Yeah, like he barely reacts to that at all. And it's, and I was like watching him thinking, like, why is he not like? First of all, you, you should be freaked out that he discharged a gun so close to you because he hasn't been shooting for that long. Like, you just took him to a gun range for the first time yesterday. And second of all, why? No, but the why kid's a natural. You? you don't understand, Patrick. The kid. See, most kids hesitate, and he didn't hesitate. Okay. Yeah. But that I th- I think that's the first sign that it's like, oh, maybe my kid is screwed up. Maybe maybe it's too late already for him. Because then he comes up and he's like, oh, did you see how good I did? Da, da, da. And he's like, when he says, don't talk to your father that when he's like, you're not my father. And then and that's the bitch when slaps to, him. Yeah, that's when we're supposed to know, which is funny because they like right before that, they're like, your son's dead. Don't ever talk to him. He's not your son anymore. And then the son, sh- the son shoots at him and then walks up and just has a private conversation. Yeah. With him. It's like, why are and, you talking and- with the target? Well, not only that, but how confident how confident they are that they successfully brainwashed him because they can't hear what he's saying, right? So right. it's like Michael Caine is like, okay, listen to me, son. We got to pretend for a little bit, and then we'll we'll move off the island. And I was like, okay, this is cool because now the son is going to be like, listen, pops, like stay cool, like I got this, right? But then it's like, and this brings to what David was saying earlier. It's like a better movie. I don't know, maybe a better movie. Would have been like. There's no better movie than this movie. <laughs> I agree. Well, okay, so so maybe it is a little like you could see that twist coming from a mile away, but it would be cool, right? If like at the end where he's aiming the gun at Michael Caine, and he's like, "Do it for your father," and he turns on him and he goes, "You're not my father." Boom, and blows him away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I thought that what I thought I like that's what I was expecting. Yeah, it it does seem like that's where it's gonna go. But I I like it better that Michael Caine is the one saving the day than that the kid is because the kid has been such a shit the whole time. <laughs> it would have redeemed him though, and I then don't want it would have be been... redeemed. I want <laughs> I want him to suck at the end. I want them to have the most awkward father son relationship for the rest of their lives. Oh, they do. They <laughs> yeah, do. they do that. I I would I, pay money for a sequel to this though, where him and his kid just go on insane adventures and every time the kid almost kills him like he just betrays him at every at every new adventure they go on it's like the jewel of the nile jewel of the nile like exactly that yeah. sequel. um <laughs> so we can go to, let's go to the part where the boat sinks after manuel kind of screws him over just real quick at the end of every movie that's a that's a sequel to this film michael kane looks into the camera and goes oh justin yeah because his name's Justin, which is alarming because it, when it's mentioned halfway through the movie, I was like, when was, was that? that his name? <laughs> um, What I want to say is the boat sinks and all the pirates are like, oh, it sank. He's dead. It's dead. Like, like you know, there's no way he survived. And they go back to the island. And I was like, oh, so he's going to like have this moment of surprise and they're not going to know he's there and he's going to da 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 da. And the doctor's like, no, no, he's on the island. He's still alive. I was like, what was that for? Yeah. He doesn't have the element of surprise because the doctor just <laughs> killed it. And he's also standing like out in the open watching them say this to each other. It's like, if you're within earshot, then they can definitely see you. <laughs> I don't know why you're on the same side of the island as them even. I would just be as far away as I could. Actually, you bring up a really good point, Patrick, is the fact that the the sound design in this movie is atrocious. Um, <laughs> like the ADR, like when they're on their boat, like you can't, like if you ever try recording sound on a boat, it's impossible, right? So you have to ADR it. So you have this conversation in the beginning with father, son on a boat and they're fishing and you have Michael Caine and you can see it almost, right? He's trying to match the words to it and it's like almost perfect. But then the son, the kid, just doesn't give a shit. And what right. they almost have to do is that every time the shot of like the back of their heads, it's like that's when you have the kids speak. Right. Yeah. That, Cause, that, cause... That's a problem with child actors too. They usually just have adults come and do the ADR for them because they're <laughs> they're not reliable in terms of like lip matching and everything, unless you get it on set, which like you said, it's hard to do on the boat. Thanks, father, for taking me fishing. I love catching barracuda. Exactly. Usually it's a woman pretending to be a young boy. Oh, like anime. Yeah. Like, yeah. So when the Coast Guard shows up, I was like, all right, so they're just going to just going to kill all these guys. Right. Like, right. is that and I was but I was thinking like, that's kind of like, I don't know, it's too obvious for this movie. I was like, but how are they possibly? And it's just like the element of surprise, like the element of surprise, you know, with the the cocaine guys. Like if they had seen him coming from a mile away, I mean, it's how they kill all these people. It's how they've killed like two thousand right. people in three years. It's just the element of That's surprise. The, the benefit of being such an unlikely attacker is that there's no way they would have expected to be attacked in the first place, let alone by a bunch of like two century old pirates with swords and and revolvers. Look at these geriatric men in costumes coming at us. Like they, they feel fine. like Gary Gilliam characters. Yeah, it it really does. Uh the the fact that, you know, if you have all these Coast Guards killing them, it doesn't there's no satisfying ending for Michael Caine. So it's like you don't expect it that he's the one doing all this at the end, but it it almost has to be him. Just yeah. just so you can have a movie that has like 
a complete cycle. You know? I honestly would have been sat- just as satisfied if the big gun was the last scene and he killed literally everybody else on the ship, including his son, including, including his son. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, just he's the only, he's the last man standing already there. And then the helicopters come down. What if he kills everyone and then his son and the guy stands up and he's like pretending like, I'm going to shoot your son. And he's like, okay, just like reloads <laughs> it. Both of them. <laughs> just like, chops him in it. half with massive caliber. Rounds. I'll, do I'll, I'll do it for you. <laughs> It, it's kind of funny how like this you have this cocaine and that's why the coast guards are there in the first place and how how did they get wind that there's just a ton of cocaine floating in the ocean i, I imagine the explosion was reported though i don't know who would have reported that but then you, well it's it's like you can't be that far away from like where the hotel is and it's like okay so if the doctor is in on it is the hotel staff in on it and is if the hotel staff is in on it is the one cop that they bribe all the time in on it and then and so it's like it's like how far does this conspiracy really yeah. go i wouldn't be surprised if everybody on this whole island is is a part of this little community that's sort of keeping the pirates in a in a reserve basically it's a pirate reserve the the doctor that's it almost has to be the doctor <laughs> makes it seem like it's just him though right and the doctor almost seems like he like controls the whole island too well yeah because he's a scientist and he's you know he's using them for research basically he's like, like Lex Luthor yeah exactly yeah yeah I think it's more of a doctor no hideout than a Lex Luthor hideout but that's just me yes well I thought I thought what like a another alternate ending to this movie could have been. He kills everyone, and it's Michael Caine standing there alone, and his son is alive. The coat, the helicopter coast guards come in, and then his son is like, "He fucking killed everyone. Like it, he's not my dad. He killed yeah, my dad. Never met that. Like, guy. yeah, never met that guy in my life. He kidnapped or the me. The kid this just starts like... firing at the helicopters, and one of them crashes <laughs> into the other one. <laughs> the, uh, the the end of this movie is like Michael Caine's like James Bond attempt. Yeah. Like he's just when he, when he the pulls ship. the blanket off of that gun, I was just so happy. <laughs> I was I was like, oh, that's <laughs> which is also like no one in the Coast Guard could get up to that gun. They didn't have time. They were all on fire. The the look, I mean, like the pirates are annoying, right? Like the pirates are jackasses and they're just like this like like top 10 most satisfying kills in a movie sort of thing. Right. But when Dr. Brazil looks up and that face he makes when he sees Michael Caine getting on the mountain machine gun, I was like, Oh, I'm so glad these guys are about to die. Yeah. I wonder if they even knew until they got hit, what was happening. Like, it seems like they're, they have such little understanding of the world around them. That's true too. But it's also kind of weird how like the, the pirates that are already in their boats, down below like loading up the stuff also were killed in that massacre because it's like it almost feels like they would be too low for michael kane to even see right but for like movie say it's like a way to just wrap this up quickly it's like yes everyone died except these three titular right. like exactly yeah. main characters well it was just convenient too that all the pirates ended up gathering at the front of the ship because that's where all the supplies were that too that that's like a whole thing even though we see like the few pirates in the back when he like sneakily climbs on board like they're not at the front when he's there but like yeah for convenience sake they all got to be there yeah i mean that just sounds like great writing to me yeah exactly yeah i don't know what my problem is sorry (laughs) um that's i mean that's kind of it and i i can only say once again that 
I love the ending where he just kills everybody. Yeah, it's wonderful. And just like the satisfaction in his face. He's like a kid opening a Christmas gift, like just so happy as he's doing it, turning, making sure he's getting everyone. And Alanya Wright, like, I think he bends the bullets like wanted, <laughs> you know, like Angelina Jolie and wanted like to, well, I don't know. Like they don't even show the sun in the beginning of that. So you just assume he hasn't been killed, but no, I'm like bends him over the ship to hit the guys in the water. Cause it's a fucking coast guard ship. It's not tiny. Like it's way out of the water. Like, I don't even understand how they got on it, but I guess they're really good pirates. Yeah. But yeah, I love the, I love the ending of it. I haven't had the chance yet, but I would love to see it in a theater with a crowd reacting to him finding the gun and just freaking out like there's so many scenes to this movie that i would love to see a crowd react to but a crowd that has no idea what this right, is exactly that would be the yeah. perfect situation uh what, what what's also kind of insane and i think i could just say this about so many details from the movie right like you know it's also kind of ex- insane this entire fucking movie <laughs> no but uh the the fact that the coast guard the one coast guard that they let live to get the like life raft close enough to the main ship. So they all yeah. like kill everyone, keep one guy alive. They all dress in their blues and their life jackets to get closer. And the one lookout guy is like, is that okay, Roger? Like, is everything fine? And Roger's looking like, eh. I was like, dude, wh- you know, you're going to die. Right. You he he should have signaled die. to them. Like, this is a problem before he got to the boat for sure. I, oh my god it's like little things like that it's just but it, like it like would have made more sense if they were literally all yeah pirates that were dressed up or if they had like slit this guy's throat so that they could recognize him but he couldn't say anything i like how like the obvious pirates like the ones with like cornrows missing teeth and stuff like that they all had their backs turned right and some of them are still under a blanket in the middle too yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, there's, the there's either there's not enough uniforms, or like there's just no getting around that those are not coast guards. But my favorite pirate without speaking lines is definitely the guy with the flaming headdress that's just running around. <laughs> like a, I forgot about him. <laughs> like Ichabod yeah. Crane. Then he douses water on himself in the middle of it because yeah, like, All right, that part's done. He's like, okay, <laughs> this thing's really hot, actually. We didn't well, even we didn't even mention that Beth's first scene in the movie. She's just wearing mud the entire time, right? And what I seems thought, perfectly normal to me. What I thought would have been kind of interesting if David Warner's character, like, was a guy who had come from the mainland and sort of like under, you know what I mean? Who was just kind of playing sure, pirate sure. and who could have, like, kind of explained shit to us, like, the whole time. Cause the doctor comes in and does that a little bit, right? But I thought it would have just been cool to, like, have a guy who was, like, pretending to be a part of it the whole time as the arch nemesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this well, is, this way is perfect too. But well, I just, like, his name I need too to... is he's actually like implied to be a direct descendant of Jean David now, who is an actual pirate, like right. historical pirate. So, but I I would have liked for one of these people to have been like a new addition to the group who just like yeah, let's be pirates. He's just larping with them. Well, not <laughs> not only a new addition, people. but a new addition who's not a child, right? Like, right. Uh, like an, yeah. I, I mean, the the other thing about this, too, is like this isn't exactly a Swiss Family Robinson situation where you have this elaborate tree palace that they all live in. Yeah, they just live in in the wilderness. They live in the wilderness. It's like a mangrove. (laughs) They live under the roots of a mangrove. And what's crazy about that is that it takes the believability, at least for me, to be like, oh, these have been here. These guys have like 
born and raised here. It's like with they've I think they've been here for like maybe a couple years. But like the fact that they're like they've been here for their entire lives. Yeah, I think that I think it's because they're generations of just like degrading their IQ by by inbreeding that they they don't know how to nail two pieces of wood together anymore. No, but yeah, I mean, it's insane that they there's just like all these dudes live in these little mud huts. Yeah. And and yet. I think the best thing, the best representation of of their living conditions and just who they are is the fact that they speak with no prepositions, but they know Latin. It's like a perfect amalgamation of like the way they dress. It's like, yeah, it's like this fancy garb, but also this tattered shit. And it's like, yeah. So in in that way, I I hand it to my lady, Ann Roth, to to know what she's doing. Okay. (laughs) Good job. Shout out, Ann Roth. Did, Did she pay you? (laughs) <laughs> to to shout her out, yeah, this is the fourth time. I uh, last thing I want to mention is uh, Beth shooting the doctor with an arrow, like the slowest moving right. arrow, and like that kill scene was great. As as he then blows it up, <laughs> like she kills him, and then she immediately is like, "Oh, he's about to blow this up," and she just takes off like in a yeah. badass way. And then Michael Caine's like, "Oh, yeah, I need to run too." <laughs> oh yeah, whoops. This movie has shows Michael Caine running from more explosions than I feel like this movie needs to show Michael Caine running from. Yeah, but it's, it's great. I'm never going to complain about that. He basically does like two thirds of a triathlon. If he yeah. just like found a bike on this island, he could have completed it. So really, when it comes down to it, it's like a movie is only bad if it's not entertaining. Right. And I feel like this movie is hella entertaining. I feel like even if it's not exactly your cup of tea or it's just like confusing and, and it's like what it's trying to say. You can't deny that it's not entertaining. And that's where I'm going to lay my opinion. It's just I was entertained. Well, I don't think the movie's trying to say anything <laughs> about anything. Yeah. Um, you don't think it's like some sort of metaphor for like class society and something like that? No. Nah. Uh, it's probably about the patriarchy a little bit, I would say. A metaphor um, for cancer, maybe? Well, and about, you know, U.S. militarization and how that's sure, not the answer. Sure. Um, exactly. Underestimating, you know, Eat tribal, the rich. Tribal yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's it's really, like, I had very little expectations going into this. Like, Alan told me, he was like, yeah, he wants to do the movie The Island. I was like, I love The Island. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> not that island. <laughs> the Michael Caine Island. And then I looked it up. And when you type in The Island into IMDb, IMDb is like, Surely not. Yeah, there's no way. It's not even in the top 10 results. There's so many other things that pop up that aren't called the island before you get to this. It's like the second page of Google results. Um, (laughs) But I was highly entertained. Like, I will probably watch this again. And um, you you should search it out because, like, it was, like, a good time. It just even just, like, with your like what the fuck is going on like how many times i said that to myself and like (laughs) why are they playing this great music as we're like slaughtering yeah people and like we're gonna go slaughter the coast guard like what is what are we doing here but yeah it was a great movie yeah this um of everything we covered in 1980 this was i think my highest ranked new find of the year um just barely above the ninth configuration which i also recommend checking out if you haven't already um but yeah, the island is just so fun, and it feels like Benchley was 
was really challenging himself with each chapter to just come up with something more insane the whole way through a book. Like it never lets up. It, it it never slows down long enough for you to get your bearings and figure out what's going on. It just keeps moving forward and another crazy thing happens. And every single set piece is extraordinary. Every single scene would be a YouTube clip on its own. Well, and, when you when you relitigated the Oscars, did this take home anything or get any nominations? You know, I don't I don't recall. Um we we each did our own statues because the whole point of our show is that the Oscars are kind of silly that that any movie could be the best movie of the year that it's like right. no it's it's an individual's choice so we each had our own oscar for each category right, right. um but uh i think the island must have gotten something maybe a uh, adapted screenplay because it came from eventually novel but um the fact that you say it came from eventually novel just makes so much more sense it feels like that that kind of um you know being being born and raised in florida my parents went, you know, we vacationed on like the East Coast, uh, the West Coast, a bunch like down in like Fort Myers, yeah. Sanibel Island sort of thing. And it's like you go into a hotel and it's like in the hotel lobby, there's like those stacks of novels that are on the desk <laughs> for you to like rent out. It just feels like you just pick up one of those and you start reading. It's like a fever dream. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, I am curious. Do you. um do you remember which episode number this was for you guys? Uh, for the island? Yeah. Um, I could look it up for you. Because since you do it chronologically, I would like to see if this came out like more in the beginning of the year or like later in the year. I think I read somewhere it's like June or July. Yeah, I think it's, a... it's in the middle-ish. Um, this, was it... a, this was a summer blockbuster attempt. <laughs> this was 63, number 63 oh, yeah. out of 168 for 1980. So like almost right in the middle. Yeah. Like a little, little early. Um. That's interesting. Well, thanks so much, Patrick, for Absolutely. coming thanks on for having me. Int- introducing us to this amazing, absolutely <laughs> spectacular film. Flawless film. Flawless film. Um, would you mind sharing where uh, listeners can hear you, follow you, find sure, you? Sure, yeah. I mean, we're available anywhere podcasts are found. You can... Uh, if you find Linktree slash Vintage Video Pod, that has connections to basically everything we've got. So, hey, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And I'm David. And I'm Patrick. And we finally watched The Island. Michael Caine's 1980, The Island. <laughs>